0: There is a place beyond hurt. Okay, okay, I know y'all used to hear me talk and tell my stories and all that, but I figure it's time to give some other good people a go. Family, welcome to Finding Good Voices. Good. 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 Good people, good people, good people. For those of you who are coming back, Thank you so much. You know we love to have you. For those of you who it's your first time, I appreciate you. I got something really special for y'all today. First of all, for y'all who don't know, my name is Kyle and this is Good Radio. Uh, I have something real special for y'all today. So, one of my good friends, uh, we met uh, I want to say a year or two ago uh, at one of my hangout spots in in Brooklyn, and he is a stand-up comedian. He is an author, fellow podcaster. Um, just an all-around good guy. One of those guys. You know how when you see people in the street, sometimes you like kind of duck them and don't really, you know, <laughs> hope that they ain't see you across the way. Nah, this is the guy that you always stop to talk to. This is the guy that you always go out of your way to talk to, because he is going to not only bring a smile to your face, he is going to give you some gems. He is going to drop some knowledge. He is going to uh, put some insight into you and uh, make you think. Uh, about your day uh, a little bit more so without any further ado let's get into this interview i want to introduce you guys to the one the only jim search mr search yo what's what going on long time no see brother how you doing I'm all right man how you living i'm so good man i'm so good taking this time to just realign and relax Take a break from the world figure out your world yes sir yes sir how you doing
1: uh you know not too bad man uh i got uh hopefully gonna have some freelance work this summer
0: okay awesome
1: and you know just uh cussing out white people that's it
0: (laughs) i love it so let's just jump right into it brother if if you don't mind
1: yeah no um I was gonna, well, before we do, um, how long do you go? What's?
0: 30 minutes.
1: 30?
0: 30 minutes. Perfect. Perfect All right. 30. All right, so let's jump into it. So um, what Finding Good Times is, and, and basically my whole kind of motto is, purpose is never personal. So starting from there, I wanted to ask, if I can, uh, what is purpose? What is the purpose of comedy through the eyes of Jim Search? Oh, wow.
1: Okay, we're uh, starting off pretty deep. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I think the the purpose of comedy, for me is, hmm, I think it serves the purpose of finding a release mm-hmm. from the world around us. Um, I think, you know, I think it's, It it, sometimes it has, it has a message and sometimes it doesn't have to. Mm. That if you, and now I say that in that sometimes you need to break away from this, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's some silly shit that you're going to see and you're going to hear from some comedy, then that's great. And it's serving its purpose, right? Yeah to escape from the world that we're in. Uh, but then it I, I, sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but promise me it's going somewhere.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, in, in that like, you know, comedy also has a purpose. And I think sometimes, you know, cliches aside, you know, comedy is a very effective way to speak to, speak truth to power and to bring messages to the front that often aren't being heard.
0: Of course. So. Now I ask that because we have this amazing work here from you, uh, grad school, the $70,000 phone charger. That's right. So what the, the I was listening to it today um, and I'm gonna put all those links up so y'all could get to it. It's really good and you should definitely check it out. Um, what yep. What, i found so striking was that you were able to relay um your discontent with that situation but put it in a perspective of complete humor like i when i'm listening to it i didn't feel like angry at the situation though you probably felt anger in the moment Uh, i didn't feel the the pain or whatever that you went through uh during that time i felt complete, like, I couldn't stop laughing, right? Mm. And it kind of speaks to something that we speak about a lot here, where there are multiple sides to every moment. So where one moment could be like really bad, or, or you can feel really bad about it in the moment, uh, there's always something good to be said about it. Or there's always um, a purpose that it has, that isn't the the negative or isn't uh, the, the mean bad thing. So can you speak uh, a little bit about the book? and where it came from, uh, a little bit about what you went through during that time. Sure. Uh, so the book,
1: Grad School, $70,000 Phone Charger, um, it, it it was a collection, it it started off as these sort of, uh, and I didn't, I guess when they all came together, but in the moment, these isolated instances of just, you know, crazy shit that was happening when i was in grad school so like you know for example in one of the stories some lady takes her shoes off and walks in front of everybody (laughs) takes a phone in and it's like what the fuck is going on here (laughs) right and so then you know i wrote that story and then you know i had another uh situation another humorous situation that i started to write and then I, get, I just started writing and writing and writing these until eventually I was sitting on, like, what, 13 stories and mm-hmm. was like, wow, I feel like I have enough to to publish it. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, you know, I wish there was a more <laughs> grand story about how it came to be. But, like, you know, I think the, the, the stories kind of move from the silly, mm-hmm. you know, to the more, like, I guess more heady topics of like the microaggressions of security staff to even just about the student loans and how students are looked at as profit centers and they're not it's not actually meant the the purpose of it now isn't for you to necessarily get an education that's kind of second hand first hand is how do we get money out of you and how do we get the most money out of you and happy perpetually in a cycle of not ever really becoming debt free.
0: And that's uh, what I love, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. That's what I love about not only the book, but about what you brought to our relationship always. Um, it's always been kind of me learning from you because you're always trying different things, right? You talk in the book about how you were uh, a, a recess supervisor. And obviously we know you're a stand-up comedian and we know you're a podcaster and, you know, you went to school for all these things and author. Right. What do you think? Do you think that there's a value of throwing things and seeing what sticks? Um, or was it just like your path? Like you kind of planned these things out?
1: Um, you know, I think there is. I think there is value to thrown against the wall and seeing what sticks because, you know, there's, I think you, I think when you make a plan, you know, your plan will have plans for you, right? Like- like that. In so much that I feel, and hey, look, everybody's life is different and we all approach life as we do, but I found that, you know, putting together this like, you know, I'm going to have this accomplished by 30. I'm gonna have this accomplished by 32. Like, I don't, I don't know if life is supposed to move that way. And I think in that journey and in that process of throwing shit against the wall to see if it sticks, you learn about yourself, right? You learn what you like and what you don't. And, and I think that is, I think that's the more deeper meaning of what you should be trying to get out of life is throwing that shit against the wall and seeing what you're into, seeing what you're not. And, you know, like, I, I think it, and then at the same time, you know, I, th- it, I think with comedy at least, you know, it's something I'd always wanted and I always wanted to be part of. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that was kind of the through line through throwing shit against the wall to see if it sticks. Like there was always funny in some capacity Got you. I It just was only a matter of time before it was like, well, how do I turn this into
0: a full-time job? With- that's, that's incredible. I, I like the idea of having something that you find, like a core purpose and having multiple streams come out of that core purpose. That's incredible. I think that once you uh, get that core purpose down, you can use it to do multiple things. I love that idea. Um, I wanna talk quickly because, uh you have multiple um podcasts right Mm -hmm. um you want to explain a little bit about those and how those came up yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, um i mean i feel like um you know i guess i'll start with like what the two current podcasts i'm doing right now um so the first one uh no particular order uh is uh swatches and boom boxes which is a 90s uh review it's a 90s uh hip-hop review so me and my co-host neil charles um you know we you know and if, what if it's just him and i one of us will pick an album and we'll do a review of it you know pretty plain and simple uh you know when we have guests on guests will pick the album and so we'll follow that um but I think with, you know, with that podcast, you know, it's, it's a it's a labor of love. It's a, you know, I love hip hop. I've always, I've listened to it since whatever, 1995, I think, maybe 94. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I grew up in a certain time and I grew up in an era that so many other people have that arguably is the golden era of hip hop and was the, sweet spot if you will when you saw so many legends come out of it and so the podcast in a nutshell serves as not only some fun stuff we get to talk about every week but also as a time capsule for all of these albums and all the work that we saw uh, uh from that era mm-hmm. um, so that is the first podcast um i do the second one uh is called uh, open bar talk and with that show yeah combining my passion of drinking uh it's something i love i've done it since like you know 94 no i'm just kidding uh been doing it since i was 11 and just really found my stride with it and never stopped um no uh but no you know i really think like with with uh the open bar talk podcast one of the things again you got to find your passion right you got to find what really excites you about talking about something and i think Bartenders have some of the craziest stories that we see in in nightlife and in in life in general. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I've uh, done 25 episodes to date, so that's 25 hours worth of um, of content. And you know, I haven't heard the same story. You know, no. like, in 25 hours, you know each story has been unique to that person. Mm -hmm. And you know, look, I've, but no, no shit. Like I've hung out in bars since I was like 17 years old. So (laughs) it is something I know very well. And that is kind of what spawned it was like, wow, these people have such crazy stories that I think it'd be dope to, to, uh, again, put those in a capsule so that you and it's, can listen
0: to it. You know, you know, one of the things here that we like to focus on is the power of stories, right? Because I can't much grow if I stay by myself or if I am around the same type of people that grew up the same type of way and think the same type of way, act the same type of way. I don't see much expansion there. But uh, through stories, I get to talk to people that might not think that I how I think or might have had a different upbringing, right? Um, you talk about and this is one of my favorite stories you talk about tanisha the uh, the charming slacker <laughs> and I related to that story because I you know kind of fancy myself the same type of way okay. uh, you know I you know can kind of kind of schmooze my way into not doing this work sometimes I mean, uh, I've seen I've seen you work a room before Kyle <laughs> you know <laughs> when, when I'm on I'm on <laughs> right, 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 right. so I, I wanted to talk a little bit because you have her I also like Claudia the story of Clardy, I call it Clardy of the Karen. Um, talk a little <laughs> bit about the stories uh, and the people that you met in um, your your tenure at, at grad school and how that affected your comedy. Uh,
1: sure. Um, so, you know, I think like, you know, it's funny. I was actually talking with a friend of mine just about the book and just the people that I've encountered within that book. And just, I want to say this one. and. I've been in the, before I tell you about the people I met, is, you know, I really am giving some thought to a second edition of the book. and oh, really you should. A more introspective look, because it's like, you know, as the book reads, and believe me, you should definitely buy it. And if you buy one copy, you should buy another one. <laughs> you buy, you should buy as many as you can. I think that's a great idea. Um, but One of the things that I think, you know, the book uh, could dive into further is like how did I end up in these situations, like, because, you know, you are the company you keep, right? Like, what, what brought me into this? Like, if I'm hanging around the charming slacker Tanisha and the Claudia Karen, what sort of work got me there, right? um so but like in the characters right that you know all inspired by by people is you know it's just it looks i feel like i wanted to kind of uh get a perspective of the people that were around me and just how they operated I, i think it's very fascinating even just outside of school uh outside of grad school just how people are and why they move the way they move, right? And so, like with Tanisha, you know, and we talk, talk, talks about it in the book is that you could see that, you know, that strategy worked. Like her ability to work a room, her ability to, you know, like try to, I talk about try the book, try to share with me of like, how do I sweet talk this dude into doing the work, right? Cause that, hey, look, you don't you don't keep doing something if it doesn't work at some point, right? Exactly. <laughs> so she saw success with that. And I think in the conflict and what makes the story the story is that it didn't work. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, like I'd met you before and fuck you, like, I've, I'm not going to do your work. Like, you know. Yeah you have to do your own work because you know i'm not going to carry you through so you know i think that you know that kind of leads into uh claudia um Mm -hmm. in so much that you know there are these sometimes people are just fucking crazy (laughs) that's that's just the uh uh, the deal like it's not (laughs) a negotiation and you know it's like i just so happened to have run into claudia and she was just gonna be crazy and uh, you know i know this is kind of like you, you have to read the book to really yeah you gotta
0: read it. it's a good book guys
1: but you know i think there is some salient points in that like hey man and i did my best believe me when you ignore crazy it will double down because it wants, <laughs> as most people, it wants reaction, right? Wow. You want, that's why, I mean, that, and now that guides anybody, but I think in this instance, someone who's behaving the way they're behaving is because they want a response and be it positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I wasn't giving Claudia the responses that she wanted, you saw an exacerbated, Uh, approach to how she's living her life with in relation to me which is to just start fights and try and get a reaction and you know show her ass so
0: that's good we're we're actually going to talk about that uh in a in a different episode about reaction based uh i don't know i don't want to call it trauma but just people who always kind of try to push that button and poke the bear and uh, we're gonna talk about it from a place of relationships, but it's it's funny, because I've been that person, I'm sure you remember mo- a lot of times, <laughs> that person that a, likes to poke the bear. <laughs> I've
1: been a, I've been a couple, steps ahead, uh, couple steps ahead of you, Kyle, when it comes to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh me, oh me, now, now it's uh, finding good times all the way. <laughs> but um, I, I like the idea of knowing that a person is doing that. You said, I met you before. I think it's really important to have that level of discernment, right? To say, I'm not gonna let you get like that deep into me and penetrate my character because I know what you're doing. I know who you are. Have you, and you talked about the security guard or the, the TSA agent <laughs> and um, you know, it just can you talk, You know, to bring it a little bit more current. Sure. Can you talk, I, I was just watching the Dave Chappelle 846 Can you talk a little bit about um, the current situation? You say, I I met you before. Do we know, like, are you surprised that this is going on right now? Are you surprised that, you know, the country is reacting the way it is? Are you surprised that white folk on the internet are reacting the way that they are?
1: Well, I just found out that racism is a thing. Uh, (laughs) I, I really, I just thought these were all isolated incidents. <laughs> so to hear about this whole racism thing really blew my mind. I don't know if this is audio or video, but if you can see what I look like and the things that I'm saying, that's funny. Um, but no, uh, in all seriousness, um, I, I guess. So the question being, like, am I like am I shocked at anything?
0: Yeah, you. Sh- because I talk to a lot of people and they're like, "Wow, I'm surprised that my wife friends are speaking up, and I'm surprised that you know people genuinely don't know." And I'm yeah. like, "What well, are you? Are you dumb?" You know, I think I'll be honest. Like,
1: I, I mean, I've seen this story play. Right? We've mm-hmm. all like, how many George Floyd's has there been since exactly. forever? Right? We know this. We know this story. Right? We watch the story play out. We see the cop kill the unarmed black person and then we watch however that happens they are not held accountable right so we know that story um what i i genuinely found shocking yeah i think i really found the reaction to this i i didn't I didn't think it was going to reach the, uh, for lack of better words, critical mass that it has and is continuing to. I mean, at one point, and I'm assuming it's still the case, but there are protests in every major city in, in the country. There are protests around the world. This is now a worldwide thing of like, look, black folks are tired of being treated like shit. And you all know that this is This is how it is, and this is how it's been. And yeah, I think for a lot of folks, this was a a genuine wake up call. Um, Yeah. I also think too that, and again, maybe I'm a little Pollyanna about it, but I think that there are white folks who are now seeing that this just isn't our problem.
0: Mm.
1: Like, and we can't fix it alone. Like, y'all need to, because you, you made this, you created this, like yeah. you, 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 st- you, you started it from the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have certainly been in our own fight for, uh for equality and for equity for sure. But at the end of the day, man, you know, this is a, this is a team effort and y'all need to step the fuck up. And, you know, I, I talk. You know, I posted about it, uh, you know, going a little bit off, but like you know what? I'm at the point in my life now where it's like if you are a white person in mm-hmm. my life, you have to call your white counterparts accountable. you 100%. have to hold them you have to hold them accountable yep. I don't give a fuck if they're your uncle, I don't give a fuck if they're your cousin. I don't care the familiar relationship that you have with these people like you you are now picking you are now picking a side right and if you if you hang out with these motherfuckers, you can't hang out with me like i'm just i'm not i'm not doing it anymore
0: 100 percent. i feel like well let me ask you um hmm. are you still at the school are you still working you're not working at the school anymore right nope. what would you think i don't know the exact school that you were talking about but i know that world you know um right, yeah uh, what, what do you think do you think that they'll, they're going to have a genuine reaction or schools like that don't talk about the specific school but.
1: um well um, what I can say in this is I've been so happy to see all this come to be but there have been Instagram accounts that have started to pop up um, and I will plug the ones I know of uh, Black at Breerly is mm. one uh, Black at Brooklyn Friends is another one nice uh, And uh, I want to say there's one for Dalton, maybe. Okay. But I say all that to say that there are these Instagram accounts that are popping up where current students and former students are telling the stories of the fucked up shit that's happened to them, and they name name.
0: Mm, That's important. And
1: and that is, I think that hey, as my friend Oni Francis says, hashtag name names. Exactly. Say it. Who the fuck are these people doing the things that they're doing, right? I have to. So you know, I think in that world, um, you know, I think there is started. There's going to be a lot deeper conversations Most that definitely. are that are gonna come to be because.
0: Well, you, you know, know, you know, you know what? At my school, um, and in the spirit of saying names, LREI uh, Elizabeth Irwin. Um, there was a big controversy a couple of years ago where they were separating the black students and the white students in homeroom. And their argument was um, that they wanted to give the black kids a space to just, I guess, relate to each other without the judgment of, of uh, right. the white kids. Uh, I, I don't know how I felt about that. I didn't know if I agreed or not. What would you, w- would you agree with that? What would you think about that?
1: Um, yeah, I would. Um Because you know, I, what the word the words we're looking for here are affinity spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if you strip it down to what, like you said of, like you are separating students by race, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, if you look at that in, if you give if you narrow the lens of what that looks like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. However, if you are to widen the lens and take into account what's happening in those spaces, mm-hmm. it's very different. So, you know, I saw that was in the news uh at some point about like, you know, uh LREI is separating kids by mm-hmm. rape. It's like, okay, you ha- you are you are trying to sell papers, right? <laughs> okay. So I say all of that to say that, you know, a, I think affinity spaces are very important. I mean, you know, it is a space where I'm with other people who look like me and who have had a similar experience, and I don't have to explain what I'm about to talk about. When I say, if I'm in a group and I say, look, I'm really pissed off. On my way here, I stopped at Duane Reed and I had someone who worked there ask if they could help me seven times. And we know why they did it, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to explain that. I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna hear back. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just really wanted to help? Because maybe they just really wanted to help. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna have that conversation. So I think that in the spirit of that, in the spirit of that solidarity, I think they're important. And, you know, look, representation is, it's everything. So when you are in these spaces, right, and you are with a group of people who look like you, that means something to somebody. You Mm -hmm. see yourself in this room. You see yourself in this, you know, virtually if you're in a Zoom chat, you see yourself being represented. So, you know, I think that there's, there's something to it. I think it's way deeper than, you know, we were segregated by race,
0: like. (laughs) You know, I I never saw it that way, actually. And as a person who, uh, you know, felt that exact way that you just described, it's it's funny that I never felt that way. I never saw it that way. Um, Now, look, I'll just say really quick, like, mm -hmm. don't get me
1: wrong, like, if you don't wanna fuck with them and you feel how you feel about them,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not gonna tell you to To come to the party if you don't want to come, so,
0: <laughs> if you're yeah. like
1: yeah, fuck that, that looks horrible, and I <laughs> I feel segregated. Then yeah, hey, you know what? I can only tell you my, my experiences with it. Mm-hmm. And if you're open to that, then you are. But if you know you have your, if you don't feel the same way that I do about it, then mm-hmm. look, you're a black, you're a you know person of color, right? Because there are different spaces for different folks, and if yeah. you're like I don't want to fuck with that then. What am I gonna tell you?
0: That's very true. I gotta, I, 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 I wish and I hope that this conversation when the world opens back up, it keeps on going and it doesn't just die down when people have other things to occupy their time with and other things to work on and be busy with, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah I, I thought, well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I, I think about that sometimes of just like, what happens when, you know, we're in phase five? of. Video? Yeah. <laughs> whatever phase we're in where you know uh life is back to normal and all of these things are uh afoot um i think and again being uh a pollyanna about it uh i think that we're you it's a long it's a long game right mm. you can't protest for two weeks and expect to have this massive overhaul I mean, if you look at the civil rights movement of the 60s, I mean, you know, the bus boycott went on for like 700 days. Don't quote yeah. me on that. But just know that this—that the change that we're looking for isn't going to happen in the span of two weeks. Um, yeah. What I can say though, and I think this is proof that things are moving the way that they are, is you are seeing you know you're seeing the reactions uh uh, from the powers that be that are moving the needle in the right direction you've seen the four cops that murdered george floyd you're seeing them be arrested you saw them getting charged you saw them upgrading their charges right so you're seeing pressure being put on them to 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 move that way you've seen in new york uh what is it 50a yep bill that kept Again, it's fucking insane that, you know, the conduct of police was not allowed to be even talked about. Exactly. At all. That, that blows my mind that that is a thing, that is how that looked. But now that is not the case. All of this is to be submitted. Exactly. Long, just because we have access to it does not solve that right exactly exactly system is way deeper than just repealing 50a
0: exactly we have a lot more work to do and i wish that we had more time because i love talking to you yeah Um, man
1: i always i love chopping it up with you man you know we uh, always have some really good conversations
0: we do before we go though i'm I'm gonna plug you and i want actually i want you to plug all the places that we can find you because there's a lot jim stays working guys but before that i want to have one more question Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can anything be funny?
1: Can anything be funny? Wow. Um No, I I think there's <laughs> I think there's some things that you know you probably shouldn't touch. Mm. Um now that's not to say, hey, look you can try, <laughs> you can try, but understand that in and of that attempt that there are consequences behind what you're gonna say, right? Sure. And, you know, I think there is some, there's some real, and I think just in answer to that question, because I think it's a good question, is I think the intentions around why people try to make something funny really needs to be examined and looked at right because it's like why do y'all want to try so hard to say nigga? yeah why? <laughs> what i mean there, I, we know why is because you're being told not to right mm-hmm. like, that's the whole thing and if you are a white dude or lady you're not really told no mm-hmm. about what and can't say so. When there's this one thing that you've been told no, you can't do that. You say, oh, I, I, oh, I just, I <laughs> never, I should, I have," you know. And so, like, what the fuck? Like, how come this? How? Why is? Well, again, because it's the invasive nature of it that everything is at your grasp. Everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it has been forever. So why would language not right?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think. Again, in response to your question, yeah, there are some things you probably shouldn't touch. And I think what's worth examining around that is why. You know, Socratic method, why? Why do you want to, why do you want to make this funny? What's the the end game? Is it because you've been told you can't? Or there's something in there that you, there's a, I mean, it all comes back to the person, right? Because it's like, I found this I found this unique way to talk about rape and make it funny. It's like, well, mm. why the fuck do you want to make it funny? yeah, <laughs> yeah, what, exactly what, do you know how many other funny things there are that you could just be funny about and you don't have to <laughs> talk about violating someone exactly uh, actually to make it fun like dude, I don't know man there well again, there's some people who just i've been you know I've never been told no bitch.
0: yeah. And, and, we, and we know those people well. It goes back to that, I met you before type of thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, and that's a, uh, that's the other thing too, is, is like when I encounter these, you know, the the racists and the, I don't know, even to some, I, I, misogynists, home folk, mm-hmm. pretty much anyone who is excluding those outside of it, they think that the ideas that they have are so unique. Mm. and that there's some, you know, mind-blowing perspective that's ultimately racist or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I've heard this one before. Like, when I get into arguments with uh, racist folks, they say, oh, okay, so you're at page 50 of how you're a racist. So this is the part of the show where you tell me that you're the victim. I just want to make sure that you know that I'm I know the script, so just know that you're not original and that there's no, I guess if anything, it's like if you could just become a more creative bigot, I guess, (laughs) wow me, like (laughs) come on, let's have some fun. If you're going to demean me, at least let's, let's, let, I can't, why, why do I got to walk you through how to be a bigot? Like, come on, bring some. Yeah, hey, look,
0: you know, y'all invented some shit, so <laughs> I love it. So <clears throat> before we go, please tell people where they can find you now and uh where you're expecting to be after this whole thing ends. Uh yeah, yeah. Well when does when does this come out? Uh this comes out uh probably in two weeks. Two from weeks from now. Or or a week from now. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well We'll uh, will play it this way.
1: Um, if it does come out uh, within a week or a week or so, um, I will be doing Zoom standup, which for the first time ever, I will be doing Zoom comedy. Uh, as, as Funhouse is the show by uh, my, my homies, uh, Gay Pacheco and uh, Samir Seem, uh, both wonderful human beings. Uh, they are gonna be running that show. Um, You know, you can find, if you find me on at gym search, I'll be posting about that. Um, But if you're looking for stuff that I'm doing, as we talked about, there's a great podcast, Watches and Boomboxes, uh, which is, you know, on all the platforms, all social media. Um, You you can find that, uh, Open Bar Talk, same deal. Uh, You wanna find that podcast. I also um, do a hip hop trivia show, Trivmatic, with my homie Neil Charles, who I co host, uh, Swatches and Boomboxes. That's going to be at the end of the month. Uh, that's in uh, collaboration with Beerwax. Shout out to Chris Maestro, the good folks at Beerwax. Um, so that's going to be uh, towards the end of the month. Um, uh, so go look for that. And I feel like I'm missing something uh, to plug. Oh, um, you know, Jim Search Comedy. Um, Uh, You know, I post all my show dates and shit. Uh, I'm at Jim Search on all social media. Uh, If you want to buy the book, um, grad school, $70,000 phone charger, Um, you know, $9.99 plus shipping and handling. You can also buy it on Bandcamp, uh, the audiobook. Um, Also, I've been making it very clear that um, if you are a white acquaintance, um, don't text me and ask me how I'm doing. Just buy the book. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Much rather, much rather have you just buy the book and you go. <laughs> give me the Like, this is the closest to reparations I'm probably going to see. Yep. And if you buy one, again, you buy another one. Like, there you go. Don't stop at one. Um, I love it. Yo, thank, hey man, thank you for having me on your show, man. Thank
0: you, brother, brother. Thank you. I cannot wait to see you in person. Can't wait till this is over. I'll have a a nice little uh, glass of water or some soda or something. (laughs) I like it. I like to hear it, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Good people. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Stay tuned. I got some stuff coming up for you. All right. Peace. Later, man. All right, y'all. So I hope y'all enjoyed that conversation. Like he said, you can follow him anywhere. Jim Search at Jim Search. Jim Search Comedy. I implore you to follow him and and look at those podcasts listen to those podcasts because they are really insightful and really funny and like you said he's doing that uh that zoom stand-up show definitely check that out definitely get the book y'all gotta get the book it is hilarious and i'm sure that it's not gonna be his last one so i implore you to go get that book and maybe you could even get it signed so you could say that you had something legendary right that's like if you know if, if Chris Rock had a book when he was, you know, pre-pooky, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to start making jokes because because, you know, I, and I forgot to ask Jim about this. I forgot to bring this up with Jim, but I do have a type five. I just don't know how tight it is. <laughs> so I, I, I promised him before the interview that I would not bring up my comedy career and my ambitions in comedy because. That would not be inspirational for anyone watching or anyone listening. <laughs> but anyway, like uh, like I always say, please engage. Please tell me what you thought about it. DM me. Uh, now that you guys have Jim's uh, connect, DM him. Tell him what you thought. Right? Tell me what you thought. Tell me what you loved. Tell me what you hated. Tell me what you. Uh, tell me your opinions. Tell me what you felt viscerally listening to this podcast we have a lot more people coming up this is the finding good voices series the finding good voices series and yeah this is episode number one there are a lot more people come so you know we always say when we end think good do good see good but most importantly you better be good i love y'all peace Good people, don't forget to follow Finding Good Times at Finding Good Times on all platforms, at Finding Good Times on all available platforms, and of course, findinggoodtimes.com. Keep following, keep sharing, keep reposting. Most importantly, keep being good. Love y'all.